I'm so emotional. Where's my Kleenex? Welcome back to Dying for Midnight, Episode 7, which we named Cynical in South Korea. We are one part excited to talk about one of our newer favorite zombie flicks, Train to Busan, um, but also, Carrie, one part sad, given how emotional this movie is. We had so much fun watching this the first go-around a couple years back, but uh, on second watch, we felt so much more emotional weight from this film. Yeah, I, I think it was, you know, the end of the week for us. And I think, you know, given kids growing up and stuff, that definitely had so much more weight to it. You're right. The kids were teeny tiny. And I think we were probably just so happy to have time to be able to watch a movie. Now that they're getting older, we've got more time for this. So we probably were more zoned in than the last yeah. time that we watched it. Not zombified <laughs> ourselves. Yeah, for sure. Yes, while zombie films and especially zombie shows often tend to have um, social messaging of their time or they continually, excuse me, they're continually heavy on drama and interpersonal dynamics. And you all know which one I'm talking about, The Walking Dead, which Carrie and I, we loved it. We still love it. Mm -hmm. but that love has changed and grown over time. I'm talking about our relationship with the fucking dead. <laughs> Not our relationship, just the Our, our relationship love for the walking dead is hinged on the walking dead. <laughs> no, um, I still say season three is my favorite with the governor, but um, getting off track now, as always, um, you could argue that, Train to Passan's message becomes stronger. Um, I'd say even more relevant today as we move through the 2020s. <laughs> and I'm thinking of those 2020 memes, um, the dumpster fire. But um, we're going to have a positive episode today. There's a yes. social, <laughs> there's a social cultural change, a mega change, um, an upheaval of sorts uh, that's happening in the work world. Um, you yeah. know, in my professional life, I'm a recruiter, so I see it firsthand. But um, what what was important or what is important, what will become more important um, as people prioritize their work-life balance or that old phrase of, of working to live versus living to work, that has never been as hot of a topic as it is right now. Well, and the whole telecommuting thing telecommuting i mean you and i have been fortunate enough that we've been telecommuting since about 2000 somewhere between 2006 and 2010 yeah basically we, we've done it for a while we've we did the hybrid for a while and now we're both fully remote and um i might be old school saying this i do miss you know i've missed going to getting up and going out to an office place but i i have to say it has afforded us um, to have more quality time, more flexibility, more flexibility. Um, it's just the way of things now. It's the way the world's going. And, um, the, this message in, in train to Busan, I think it resonates more now than even whenever it came out. It does it, for sure. I mean, you, you have, you have the children dynamic aspect where the child is seeking 
the father's, you know, emotional yeah. love. And he's so busy with work that he doesn't stop to smell and and have that relationship with her while he can. Yeah. The 70s and 80s zombie flicks are the Romero type. Um, you horror hounds know what that's all about. That, that film, especially Dawn touched on mass consumerism and capitalism and the bleakness of society. Once that consumerism starts to either fall apart um, or continues in a perverted, odd way um, as society breaks down from whatever fictional apocalyptic scenario um, we know uh, you and I were, we didn't have the kids yet. Even the walking dead 13 years ago already Wow! reignited the zombie genre. Um, 13 years and four spinoffs later. Um, but when we started watching the, the walking dead, we enjoyed it, but we didn't get hooked on it right away. Yeah. I remember we bought, we had our main living. This is how much things have changed. Even since then we had our main living room television in our townhouse, um, our first house. And, uh, then we were like, Oh yeah. I remember we kind of like got our first, raises and we were like you know, big spending on that 40 inch tv in our bedroom <laughs> that was that was a huge deal it was i mean now you can go on amazon anyways we we all know you can get you can get tvs for so cheap comparison to what they used to be the good old 50 inch plasma that was a behemoth <sighs> that was i still say that had the best picture it did so it was heavy though now we're sounding like old fogies so um yeah and, and everybody listening you know what zombie movies have they ever really ever been about the zombies? I mean, that, that'll always be a debate and probably always needs to be a mix of answering the question of which is more dangerous, the it, zombie or the people. I think it's a, it's a part of a focus. Uh, it has that conflict. Yep. You have to have conflict in a zombie movie. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, really, what are you going to prioritize in your everyday life? Um, who are you going to prioritize and what happens to people when things get, you know, shit gets real. And I mean, how are you going to respond? I mean, train to Basan arguably hits at the center of your psyche. You know, would you be the hero? Would you be the protector? What are you willing to sacrifice for <coughs> others? Are you willing to sacrifice? You and I have had conversations like what if scenario conversations oh yeah and um i, I probably I've, would go dark real fast I, i've come away <laughs> from those conversations um feeling much better at our chances of survival thanks to your rage <laughs> uh i i've gotta say though i i think we would be morally gray when it comes to our kids oh yeah there's not too much i would do or would not do to protect them. You don't mess with mama bear. <laughs> You're going to step on somebody's neck. Yeah. If that means that you and your loved ones survive, probably when the stakes are down, when you're in a real jackpot, like in drain to Busan. Um, yeah. What, at what point do you make the instinctual 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 <sighs> choices? Yes. The instinctual choices that are always black and white. What's that line? What's your red line? Yeah. How far are you going to go? Um, train to Busan is almost guaranteed to make you examine, at least in that moment, what's important to you above all else. 
And sometimes it takes trials and tribulations for you to really understand how you would react to this. Yeah. What, what is that? What have you gone through in life? How has life shaped you in the choices that you make or would make? Imagine making those choices. Everybody's going to make their choices differently based off of your life experiences. Yeah. I, I know I'm being redundant, but you make a really good point. And I'm like walking through that in my head, like thinking about, how would we handle a zombie apocalypse before we had kids? Like if it happened before we had kids versus after we had kids. And um, we would probably have to latch on to other people more before we had kids. Right. Now that we've had kids, I'm like, no, oh, no we've, way. we've got our core four. I'm yeah. still, see, the scream is still eking into my brain, the core four. Oh, no. I, I would. You're not getting my kids. So um, let's talk. Let's move on to the actual comfy horror review comfy i love saying comfy um hey the grandparents are in for us we had a very comfy saint patty's day weekend especially yesterday saturday sans the kids um what's been your favorite part of this weekend carrie what made this a comfy weekend for you i got to sleep in (laughs) without (laughs) sort of sort of the dog wanted to pounce you (laughs) And I let her. (laughs) And I still slept after that. (laughs) You did. I enjoyed my coffee in peace this morning. Um, You know, late winter, early spring, you need to make up your mind what season you want to be because we've had 65 to 45 to 55 and back down again. And it is wrecking my throat, my sinuses. But anyways... um, Yeah, I enjoyed the fact that we went out to, we were going to do three breweries, but then we lost energy and decided to just stick to one closer to town. Yeah, we did two and um, had, uh, what what did you, you have your nachos every time we go there. I I can't, yeah, I love nachos. Nachos, the, well, the the beef brisket nachos, Mm -hmm. right? And I ended up, I haven't, I'm not from Philly, but I will say that our local brewery did make a pretty good Philly cheesesteak. I'm sure it's not authentic. Okay. But I enjoyed it a lot. And then, uh, what do we have? We had, oh, we went to the other brewery, which had Belgian beers, which hardly anybody oh, makes Belgian beers, at I least around Belgian us. Beers. And then uh, we had, what was that? A maple glaze box. It had like cheeses and apples and it was stuff to dip into this balsamic with glaze. Balsamic glaze yeah. yeah. And apple slices <laughs> and cheese. Um, we're going to have to start. I think doing some taste testing while we're doing these episodes and <laughs> munch into everybody's ears. No, no. Um, let's move on to the cast and creators of the awesome train to Busan. Okay. And I forgive everybody in it or everybody, please forgive me. I should say us for, in advance. for us in advance. Let the record show that Carrie cowered away from saying all these names. And now I'm going to have to take the baseball bat. <laughs> I'm going to have to take the Negan bat for mispronouncing all these lovely people's names. So we've got Gong Yu as Suk Wu. And Carrie, if you think there's a better way to pronounce it uh, or the right yeah. way, and I've butchered it, please let me know. I will. Um, our main guy, the separated fund manager, whose better half has had enough of him because of his 24-7 workaholic unabout unbalanced unbalanced approach to his life and more importantly is separated from him because he has deprioritized her and their daughter in favor of career advancement and money yet for some reason he still has the daughter full-time which is mm, interesting was it full-time or was it just his turn no it's okay full-time. well 
and I'm sure I'm misremembering. So, <coughs> pardon me. Kim Suan, daughter of Sukwu, who would rather be spending time with her parent who cares for her, her mom, and Busan for her birthday. Mei Dong Suk as Yun Sung Hwa, husband of Sung Kyung. Jung Yu Mi as Sung Kyung, Sung Hya's pregnant wife. Um, Choi Woo Shik as Min Yong Guk, a high school baseball player. So he as Kim Jin Hee, Yong Guk's girlfriend. Kim Oi Sung as Yun Suk, a son of a bitch, cold hearted, um, to cold blooded business executive. That guy. Ugh, he, you want to tie this? He <coughs> emotes. There's nobody on this earth that emotes rotten son of a bitch all over his face better than that guy. It actually makes you really despise uh, if his the, character. If there was a 3D of training to Busan, I would like for him to be in 3D in front of my face so I could punch at the, his <laughs> face in the air. <laughs> Sorry, that was really... That- Clunky that was thought, violent. But yeah, I just, but no, he did such an excellent job. Yeah, he makes he did. you. That's how you should feel about his character. You son of a bitch. He's probably a really nice guy <laughs> in real life. Isn't that all, how it always works? Like the the <laughs> asshole character is actually like probably like the nicest dude on earth. I, I know that's what they always say um, about the Christopher Lees of the world and and whatnot. Just couldn't be any sweeter. But anyways, um, I loved, and I and. If you haven't watched it, um, you'll you'll understand um, these characters as you watch them. But I, I love Choi Gui Hua as as the homeless man, and I know in the recesses of my stupid forty year old brain, I have watched that guy and other things. And I, we admittedly have not dived into South Korean horror enough, folks. But after rewatching Train of Bazan, we are really excited to um, Jang Hyuk Jin as. Ki Chul, a train attendant. Park Myung Sin as Jong Gil, In Gil's younger sister. Yi Su Jung as In Jil, the older sister of Jong Gil. Um, and I could go on and on. I, I'm starting to get into yeah. the nitty gritty of the background, but I will say. Um, I, I think we have to mention, though, Shim Yoon Kyung as the runaway girl. Yes. Um, did I say Jang Hyuk Jin as Ki Chul, the train attendant? Yeah, I think I yes, did. Yes, I think you did. So anyways, guys, IMDB, these guys, Google them. They're um, all amazing actors. Check out their filmography. And we're going to touch more on that that thought later because this is not just a good zombie movie. This is a great movie in general, regardless of genre. Um, <coughs> pardon me, poster and tagline. So there's like three or two and a half taglines here. First of all, let's talk about the poster. It epitomizes the movie. It's a microcosm. You've got our six main characters with the father and the and the daughter. And my kind of gut reaction of looking at this again is that she is looking back at the destruction of the life that they once had, but he is looking forward and what can make what can I do to make this right for her moving forward? The, it's survival. It's survival. And it's survival and chaos. Survival and chaos and just trauma. Trauma and father 
a father's love for his daughter, for his kid, um, and definitely transformation for him. And he goes through the apocalypse to transform. So the taglines, life or death, survival begins. Escape from the zombies, get on board to stay alive, or just get, get on board to stay alive. alive. Um, and you know what I'm thinking? Get on board to stay alive. Like, hey, dad, get on board with giving a shit about yeah. your kid's life. I, I almost read it that way now yeah. that I'm like looking at this again. There's so many meanings there. Yeah. Get on board to stay alive. Like, you're not alive if you're not taking quality time with your loved ones. Spending time. So, and meanwhile, the creators were like, no, you're reading too much into it. <laughs> it's just a zombie poster. <laughs> not really, though. You stupid Americans. <laughs> um, you're reading too much into it. Nah, I. You can't help but after you watch it, look at the the dialogue and the poster and everything associated with this movie and not come away like, I would like to be a fly on the wall in those meetings when the choices were made because I'm sure they had all these familial relationship talks about how they were going to market this thing. Um, <coughs> I'm going to move on now to favorite character that isn't the lead. I mean, we love all the characters in yeah. this movie. Um Again, I, I mentioned him, I highlighted him a bit earlier. Um, Choi Guihua as the homeless man. Um, he is the compass of the entire socioeconomic, cynical message of this entire movie. Um, he's almost the narrator of sorts for me in this movie. And, and not verbally, because he, he barely speaks, if at all, in this movie, correct? Yeah. And But the things that he does for people that are in a better position than him, that's why I'm calling him the compass of this movie. Because when things were boiled down, the person who had the least was in the thick of it with everybody else. And... Um, was trying to save by others. Mid- was trying to save others and by middle to end of that movie people <laughs> that all of that stuff is stripped away it won't matter you know they say you can't take it with you if if some if the zombie apocalypse or world war three or whatever that scenario is it won't matter that you were the best fund manager on earth it won't matter what you did um all of that is stripped away and you're down to humanity and survival and what's really going to matter and memories <coughs> and memories. And, um, Oh, what an ending. Well, what we'll get ending. to, we'll get to yeah, that. Cause you just said memories yeah. and that immediately I go to the end. So thank you for saying that. Cause I have forgotten that's such a powerful ending. Um, Carrie, who's your favorite character that is in the lead? So my favorite character was <laughs> Jung Yumi as Zong Kyung. Sang Wa's pregnant wife. And again, I'm sorry if I mispronounced all of that. <laughs> but uh, it's her, all it's all out of love. It's all. Yeah. Her willingness to protect not only herself and her unborn child, but Sue Ann. I mean, she really takes the helm. I mean, she doesn't know Sue Ann. She just grabs her and just tries to protect her you know and she's not even mom yet that 
that's really an amazing feat. You know, not everybody would think like that. Uh, I don't know many pregnant women that would do that, you know, especially for the first time. When you're pregnant for the first time, you really have no clue what you're going to do or what you're going to. But that just shows that character development. Yeah, even though she's not a mom yet, you know, she has that motherly she instinct. She starts seeing things differently. Um, well, and we, we watched that, uh, that Irish folk horror or kind of horror light actually wasn't much of a horror movie, but it was like horror adjacent. It was horror at the end. Yeah. But, um, that it was funny to see the couple in that unwanted movie. Unwelcome. Unwanted. Did I say unwanted? Yep. Unwelcomed. Forgive me, Lord. Um, unwelcomed movie where they were like, you know, the dual income, no kids and, you know what they were all about and then the moment that she found out she was pregnant and you could just see her transformation throughout the movie anyways but yeah again when you're down to survival what is that what's deep within your soul how are you going to act and react um in certain situations so what's um, at your core yeah what is at your core well do you, can we even sit here when we're not under duress and really say what's at our core again? There's a lot of dialogue in a lot of these zombie or apocalyptic movies about who are you really going to be when you're pushed mm. to that life or death decision. And some of it could be down to, it doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad person or you're a bad person, but if it's between me and you, it's going to be you every time. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, this could take a really it dark could, turn it, here. It could, it, it could. Um, <coughs> it, I think it's a matter of how bad do you want to survive? Like what that doesn't make you a bad person because at this point, if you're still surviving, the animal instincts start the, kicking yeah. in. We're not just talking about, yeah, you're kind of not, you do. I'm thinking of Rick Grimes and, and you know, losing your humanity. Oh my gosh. So, um, Let's move on to favorite deaths and effects. <coughs> My favorite, spoiler alert, guys. Um, and if you know us, most of our episodes are spoiler filled. Um, I'm going with with Madon Suk as as Yun Sung Hwa, the husband of um, Song Kyung, um, the hero really from the get go. I mean, there's a lot of heroes in this movie. Some start off as heroes right away. <coughs> Excuse me. Others that it takes time for them to finally again get on board um the the model would be father sacrifices himself so that his wife Sukwu and Suan can continue on that's a really powerful moment that he's he's being like a superhero and like holding back all the zombies so that not just his pregnant wife but all the others and what does it say that they wrote that character to embody the heroic choice? Because there's all those other single guys that didn't have anybody and talk about selfishness. Mm -hmm. Nobody else. Matter of fact, they were trying to lock them out of the car and yeah. keep them away from them and tie off the doors Oof. and everything. And, and that backfires. Um, <coughs> oh, spectacularly yes. and very satisfyingly it backfires. So um, my, yeah. my favorite was 
Soo-hee as Kim Jun-hee, Jungkook's girlfriend, uh, the girlfriend of the baseball player. She gets thrown at a zombie by the vile businessman. And she gets bit and turned very quickly. And the baseball player is so upset and can't imagine life without her that he just holds her as she turns. And then when she turns, she immediately violently just rips at him. I would think at that moment, he's looking around. His whole baseball team was decimated. He's got, he he's figures, got nobody at this point. His family's dead. Friends are gone. His woman's gone. Um, that was a pretty bleak moment. So he was just like, yep, I'm done too. Yeah, he, he gave up. He didn't want to. There was nothing for him to live for at that point. Um, Carrie, talk about the ending a little bit. Um, and again, spoilers, guys. Um, when our... Um, when we're at the end and they're on, they have, first of all, there's a, there is a, when they get to the station, there's a, a train wreck. There's wreckage that's blocking them. They can't continue and they have to board another train, but there's wreckage everywhere at the one station. And they're trying, the conductor is trying to find a working train that doesn't have any infected on which is another whole topic to go on i mean you want to talk about guy trying to be a hero i mean he's trying to do the right thing and get people to a safe place uh i mean he could have just bailed and just gone on himself when you think about it he didn't have to wait for others he could have just left and i i wish i actually wish he would have survived along with the the the, the wife and the uh, the pregnant wife and the daughter at the end. Yeah, one guy surviving would have been nice. It would have been. Um, but then you have that whole like relationship where oh, you know, the women are going to survive and wind up leaning on each other and bonding with each other. You're going to have that bond. I must wish at the end, whenever they make it through the tunnel. I actually wish that there would have been one male officer and then the sniper would have been female. That would have been a good representation, yeah. Because, what would well, that... well, representing um, that instinct right. is why I wish that the sniper was female. Because she would have gotten the orders like, hey, take him out. And then she would have noticed them singing. And just in that moment, she's like, just decides to defy her orders because she knows um, that they're survivors. And given the current situation, they're gonna they're gonna need female survivors, not just all the dudes in the army. Um, but they're they're going to need that. That represents to me. Forget forget about the fictional female sniper. That represents to me life going on. Um, and not just that, but one of the things that her father tells her when they're in the car on the way to the train, he tells her, has a conversation with her about, you have to finish what you start. You can't start something and let it go unfinished. Hmm. 
And then her singing in the tunnel, that song, she actually finishes that song. Oh, you know what? I didn't look at it that way at all. Oh, yeah. I picked up on that right away. Um, So let's move on to favorite quotes. Um, mine was between the two dads. Um, and the, just the moment, and I can't, I can't remember the order where they say, they say, I bet you never play with your daughter when she gets older. She'll understand why you work so hard. Dad gets all the bad rap and no praise, but it's all about sacrifice. Right. I think. Um, I've definitely had feelings of being disconnected from you and the kids and just being down a work hole. And, um, and, and we do get in moments as a family, not even just as a couple of passing each other by because, you know, life responsibilities, activities, you know, work, work, homework, the kids activities. And before you know it, you're just like going, 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 and nobody's talking to each other. You're all drained everybody's drained or somebody had a crappy day, but because there's so much to do, nobody's talking about it. Um, so this, that dialogue exchange resonated with me because there's times where it's a, it's all about, and I've read about this too, just, I think men experience quite a bit of silent tears because, um, you do, I think as a society and I won't get preachy, but as a society, and it's been recorded that men have been expected to just suck it up sometimes and to not no, it'll work itself as out. Just put your head down, put your nose to the grindstone. You know, everybody else is having a hard time. Don't bring up what you're going through. Cause you're just going to make things worse. Which is, is crazy because you should just really, instead of keeping it in, you should just talk about it and communicate. <laughs> hey, there's just nights, though, where it's like, no, I don't want to talk about it at 9 p.m. I'm sorry we passed each other by today, but my tolerance for this subject is long gone. But you would sleep better. Uh. And you know it. <laughs> We're talking about other people here. Wink. <laughs> Gary, what's your favorite quote or favorite dialogue? <laughs> so my my favorite dialogue You're is... right. I just felt better talking about that right there. I've got a big smile on my face. See? <laughs> Proves that I'm right. At first, I'm reading your dialogue selection. <laughs> and the very first thing is... <laughs> hey, hey, arsehole. <laughs> Act like an arsehole when I don't talk about things. <laughs> I just like that in a Korean film, we have somebody saying... "Hey." <laughs> Hey, Arsil. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't see that on the subtitles. Oh. <coughs> hey, Arsil. Felt good to see your kid. Thanks to me. Are you grateful or what? Why is your ringtone <laughs> so taggy? What's wrong with it? And then there's an, a long pause. How do I change it? <laughs> that comedic value Oops. to the movie at that point adds a whole other element. And can I just say, we wouldn't have this movie if they didn't allow that one woman at the last second onto the train, you wouldn't have zo- a zombie outbreak on the train. You wish that she had a long, distracting, tacky ring phone that caught her attention so she didn't get on the train at time. <laughs> I mean, this would just be a train about seeing the destruction and the survival Carrie, without 
a zombie outbreak. What would be your tacky ringtone in the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Let me think about it because... I was hoping for just like a reaction. No, because I got to think about it. It's... Mine would inevitably, I don't know why I have a thing with Yacht Rock, but I do. It would be some really cheesy late 70s, early 80s. It might have You know some... it would probably be Wishing Well for you. Because oh, I hate that song. <laughs> well, that's not a Yacht Rock, Soft Rock thing. That... No, I would save it just for the zombie apocalypse. As soon as the zombies started coming, you'd have wishing on a wishing well. I, listen, I don't kiss ha- and tell. I, it's I know not you that hate it's that not song. that I hate the song. No, it's you that hate it's, it. It's overplayed. It's overplayed. <laughs> what the hell did we get from Train to Busanda <laughs> with the wishing well song? <laughs> so, a whole episode on tacky ringtones and horror films. Actually, that might be a lot of fun, or at least as a topic within an episode. So. Um, I'm going to have to go. Oh, I know. Oh, I know what mine is going to be. I know what mine is. You go first and then I'll go. Besides the wishing well, which was a bonus selection. (laughs) What's what's yours? Cold hearted snake. Look into his eyes. Okay. Um, he's been telling lies. (laughs) He's a love boy play. Oh my Lord. Oh, now that's stuck in my head now. Um, Love you, Paul Abdul. Listen, Paul Abdul, as a young girl, it was great to see someone that has Middle Eastern descent make it big. Because you are part, you you have Middle Eastern yes. origins in your ancestry. I thought you were just like not going to, you were going to leave that part out and just say you just really loved that they were Middle Eastern. Well, no. <laughs> Which is fine. Which is fine. It's just that. Well, because you I am part Middle part Eastern. It. It, yes. As a little girl, it was a huge thing. <laughs> I'm going to say something really smart ass, but never mind. So um, here's another ringtone that I absolutely would have just to make you mad during the zombie apocalypse. Don't even do it. Don't even. There's this guy on Yacht Rock. No. There's this guy on Yacht Rock who's actually part of the Doobie Brothers. No. And his name is Michael McDonald. And it's also featured on, uh, what is it, the 40-year-old virgin? Oh, my God, no. Yamo be there. <laughs> I know you hate that song. It's, and I love it every time it comes on just to see your reaction. It's just, it's overplayed. <laughs> it's not the song. It's no, overplayed. Let's be clear. Nobody's playing that song. It's only your husband listening to Yacht Rock while I'm doing the dishes and stuff. Um, Listen, I'm not a fan of Yacht Rock. It's just... it's if They do play. They, they overplay. It's the same, it's the same, the same songs, 50 songs over and yeah. over again. <clears throat> One rotation is enough. I did like the past couple years they added Steely Dan. That was pretty good. The Steely kids Dan, love Steely Dan. Yes. Don't want to do your dirty work no more. Don't want to do these dishes anymore. Well, I listen to Yacht Rock. So, the things, That was a tangent. <laughs> the things... <laughs> Doing dishes in the zombie apocalypse. No, I would be throwing dishes. Decapitating zombies. I don't even know what a dish looks like because I'm the one doing them all the time. That is not true. Okay. We When we got married, we made a deal. You would You, would you want to go there? You, <laughs> you want to go cook, there? And I would go. clean up the dishes. I like how you specified because we could talk about cleaning in general. <laughs> Fuck and, you. And who said 
they were going to own what and with what frequency was it going to be <laughs> so things that make train to basan stand out in the zombie subgenre i'm going to circle back just the take on selfishness cynicism in a dire situation putting yourself first or others first um what are your priorities in this situation um not only the speed and yes we've had that before in movies like dawn of the dead remake but also the way that the the zombies that the people change into zombies so fast um it seems like within 60 to 90 seconds at times especially as you said that the the girl and the boyfriend the baseball player at the end there sometimes it's even like instant there's like no fighting it it definitely was less than 60 seconds a few times. And I wonder if it has something to do with your memories. Hmm. Well, the herky-jerky movements, the contortion while they're moving fast, the seething. The one thing before, and you told me about this article that you read. Mm-hmm. Um, the the seething, foaming mouths. It makes sense now that you, since you told me about the article about the choreographer. So... Yeah. The herky-jerky, the foaming mouths, there's a reason and a thought behind all that that makes that stand out. Yeah. Um, I hope that they have a true sequel to Train to Busan because I'd really... I don't be necessarily need to see the, the woman and the daughter with the, the new kid, um, but a, a true a true sequel would be good. I, I guess right. it could have them. They would it be could. older now. Yeah. Seven so years later. You have you know the choreographer, Jean Yong, who helped create Korea's famous zombie movements. I mean, he worked on the whaling, the series kingdom and, and, and more, you know, the yeah, closet a lot more from what you told from me what about. I saw, um, you know, now he's known as the best zombie choreographer. I mean, he was first recruited to wait, work. Wait a second. You, oh, you mean the best zombie choreographer in South Korea? Yes. Because there's a few people well, <laughs> across the Pacific li- that like that. Listen, to have we're a word talking about South Korea. Yes. <laughs> no. You know what, though? I'm going to take that back. He is one of the best zombie choreographers. He's top three because yeah. this is very unique. It's the, the movements, not even the herky jerky movements, but the movements, the contortion that he created, you know, in this, nobody contorts in other zombie movies like this from from what i have seen i mean it's it's freakish yeah um and it's in every zombie in train to busan every zombie changing was choreographed it wasn't just random it was every zombie was choreographed and they had to go to this zombie choreography school yep I mean, which, from what I read, was intense. Did you talk? Did you already talk about some of the stuff he worked on? No, he he was first recruited to work on the 2016 film The Wailing, which we have not seen. But after reading about it, it really makes me want to see it. Um, alongside actors Young Minam and Park Chun Bae and Jun Kunamura. Sorry if I mispronounced all of that. Um, he was contacted by the director of Train to Busan, Yong Sung Ho, um, and you know to quote the Korean press, Jung Ong Daily, in an article by Lee Jelim. What was really distinguished zombies in Train to Busan from other films and TV shows, such as Twenty Eight Days Later, 
Dawn of the Dead, the remake, The Walking Dead, and World War Z was a movement in which the undead would constantly writhe their necks, whether they were standing still or running. Yeah. Jean said, Jan asked me to create movements that were similar to people who were infected with rabies, which makes sense. And the grotesqueness of this motion had a mind-blowing impact. Yeah, well, it, it had a mind-blowing really impact did. on me. It really did. Um, because before then, I didn't think of looking at it in a way that would make it more real for people. So, um, well, and, and that just reminds me of the one scene at the train station where they're stopped and they break free. Um, you actually see zombies acting like animals, like... Yeah, like tigers are leaping off and yeah. and there's no regard for like oh i'm gonna hurt myself nope <laughs> is that how they talked the zombies started talking with the southern accent i don't have a southern accent <laughs> but you just said like you were you were talking as if you were one of these south korean zombies and all of a sudden they get bit and start talking like a U.S. Southerner. I hurt myself. That's what you just said. I did? Yes. You just had a Southern accent as you were but, embodying. Folks, the I've, South never lived in the South. I've never lived in the no, South. I've never lived in the South. There's this U.S. I, Southern. I have no clue. U.S. Southern <laughs> zombies. I have no versus clue. the South Korean zombies. That was not you intentional. Just, you just did a crossover. <laughs> the South Koreans get infected. And start talking like U.S. Southerners. <laughs> that was not they're ri- intentional. They're writhing and seething and talking like U.S. Southerners. You know, there was talk I read on Reddit. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. Um, where some people are calling for an American remake Boo. of this. I No, no, no way. I, yeah, wasn't I it say no way. Like Last Train to New York or something, something like, like that. that. Was, no. Nope, nope. Nope. Come up with your own unique thing. Yes, do something original. You will not be able to do... Just, recreate uh, yeah yeah just do your own twist on zombies yeah so um oh wait hold up yeah thanks boy okay um the male wolf has some things for us here let's uh okay um carrie can you yep hand it to mommy yep i'll take that okay it's a, a very nice package just for for a letter okay Okay, letter says, Hey there, creature and demonette. What type, what types, excuse me, of treats <laughs> does the male wolf like? <coughs> um, I'm a little north of you in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. You're way north of us. Um, where the Arctic wolf's diet consists of Arctic hares and foxes. Okay. Um, the old trappers will tell you that you can train them on good old-fashioned jerky, but I'm not going to tempt the fates with that selection. Um, so the male wolf is—we're pretty liberal with what the male wolf eats. I mean, we've got little—we've got little spicy kind of pepperoni type treats. We've got bacon. biscuits. Bacon. Oh, bacon's the number one thing. He goes crazy. Everybody goes crazy for bacon. Um, but yeah, the—I would say the bacon is the number one thing, and then normal, normal dog treats. Um, haven't caught him trying to actually eat and turn anybody and give him his lycanthrope curse. So, um, anyways, I love that question. Thank you. Um, I glanced over your season one guide. They continue on from these windswept plains and was both one part through, I guess that is in the prairie area. Yeah. 
<coughs> excuse me, and was both one part thrilled to see Train to Busan and one part disappointed not to see more South Korean horror films on the schedule. I can't disagree with you, dear listener. Uh, we realize that we've got a lot of work to do, a lot of Korean horror movies to watch. And they go on to ask, could you please reconsider, or excuse me, could you please consider either an all-Korean horror movie month, that's a good idea, mm. um, or just sprinkle in some f- um, Far Eastern films throughout season two? Well, I think we can do at least one of those approaches. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going we're gonna to integrate some other South Korean, and it's just going to be South Korean because we don't have any North Korean films <laughs> to choose from. It'll be all about their glorious leader. Yes. Uh, here's a brief list. Oh, thank you. Of ones that I and my better half enjoy. Please note, I do not recommend Peninsula as a sequel. (coughs) Excuse me. However, it does serve as an entertaining standalone within the same universe as the beloved Train to Busan. I do recommend watching the animated Soul Station as a great animated prequel. Um, And he goes on to list Thirst. And that's a vampire one, I believe. The Wailing, I Saw the Devil, The Witch 1 and 2, which I actually have noticed they've been featuring that a lot on Shudder. So uh, yeah. thank you, listener. I, I think you're, we're right on par with what's catching our eye. Uh, the Host and The Closet. I have not heard of the last two, The Host and The Closet. Neither have I. Warmest regards, Felix. P.S. I'm very excited by your taste of the UK month. I think anytime we deviate from our homeland with horror. I think it's pretty exciting. I, I always love getting perspective on horror, different subgenres across the pond or anywhere in the world. Um, and we always like getting recommendations. <coughs> yeah, absolutely. Oop, hit the mic. Felix, before I hit the mic again. Thank you, sir. Um, all the ways up in Saskatoon. Uh, we're complaining about being cold here, but I'd imagine he's probably a little colder than us up in the prairies. Um, Oh, let's and and okay, boy. Case and Carrie, I'll take you to your mom, no matter what. Greetings to you, my fellow hounds of horror. It is I, the Midnight Traveler, writing to you from out amongst the vast reaches of space and time to tell you the tale of a tense train trip that terrifies all those who take it. Tonight, we take a look to the Far East to discuss a truly epic film that took this noctambulist completely by surprise in the best way possible. Now, it isn't an exaggeration to say that one needs to wade through a lot of bad cinema in order to find something good. But when that one film does shine brightly through the mire, it consumes us. And all of the thoughts that run through our brain like trains crisscrossing the Korean countryside. This, to me, is one of those films. So, grab a seat and get comfy as we begin our journey into a world where mass transit and the living dead collide. It was some time in the waning days of the pandemic when I found myself in central Texas waiting out the madness and hoping for a vaccine in a way back home. Many friends and family members had to cling to whatever they could to make their way through this new and downright frightening world. 
I know I, for one, found myself shying away from horror as my day-to-day seemed to be more than enough for me to handle. I did throw myself into as much cinema and television as I could. There were no more concerts or gigs to play or people I could see, so I did what I could. And staying in front of my screen was just about all I could do to keep my spirits up and myself sane. I can recall I was looking around and came across this with my fiancé one Sunday afternoon. And feeling adventurous, we chose this thinking it might be a decent enough film. Like myself, she was wary of new horror for many of the same reasons as I was and am. But we both felt that it was worth the risk. After all, we could just turn it off, right? That never happened. I don't want to oversell this to you, my dear listeners, but I can say without any reservation or hesitation whatsoever that I was completely blown away by this film and still am as I reflect back on it. Are there tropes in here that have been done to death? Yes. Are there twists to the story that you see coming from miles away? You bet. Is it all woven together with such care and precision that it doesn't really matter? 100%. You have the asshole villain, the star-crossed lovers, the redemptive main character, and the harbinger of doom. And even with having to read subtitles, you are still pulled right into the action from the word go. But Jake, you ask, I've heard all of this before. You like this sort of stuff, and what really makes this stand out? Why, sh- why should I care? Well, my last point is probably my most salient, and arguably the strongest one I could ever make, because this horror film and this horror film alone did something to me that no ever has done to date. Per my IMDb watch list... I have seen over 1,000 horror films to date. Some good, some great, some so terrible I hate myself for having seen them. But there has been only one that had such an emotional impact on me that it brought me to tears. This was that film. On that lazy Sunday afternoon, I found myself tearing up as the third act drew to a close and the survivors were within a stone's throw of the end of their 200-mile journey. The emotional ups and downs, along with the kinetic violence and savagery, crescendoed to a point where tears flowed, while moments earlier I cheered as the villains got their just desserts. But I was now overtaken by emotions and had to let it out. I don't really think that there is too much more I can talk about on this. You know by now that I have a high fondness for zombie films, as any Pittsburgh native should. But I can honestly say that this one truly stands out from the rest in its own special way and is very much worth your time and consideration. As for me, I'd better head out. Just take it from me here. Take this train, but remember what a man with a dick on his nose once said. Never trust a banker. See you next midnight. Jake.
Um, oh yeah. So we, we had reached out to Joe, Bob and Darcy and said, happy St. Patrick's day, <laughs> Joe, Bob and Darcy. Um, we were telling them we had all these plans to go grab a few beers with a better half last night, but then we put on your episode covering train to Busan, got emotional, ordered pizza and stayed at home in sweatpants the entire evening. Um, yeah, we, we did stay in, we decided to, we were going to, to going to go out. Um, but, uh, yeah, we just, we were going to drag the kids out and we're like, no, nah, let's wait till the grandparents are in. And, and, uh, Darcy actually replied to us. Um, and she said, Oh, LOL. Oh no. That movie, meaning Train to Busan, will definitely do that to you with a black heart yeah. uh, emoji. So um, I love Joe, Bob, and Darcy. And, uh, of course, was totally geeking out to get a response from them. So um, moving on to reaction and rating for Train to Busan, we are going with our flamethrower rating system, as always. Um, I am going to go... This has got to be probably. This is gonna probably gonna end up being one of seasons one's top ranked movies. I'm gonna go with four and a half out of five. Um, it's just that great of a movie. Not even just the zombie subgenre movie. It's, it's just a great movie. And I, I'm gonna go with four out of five, only because I don't, I don't like getting that upset at the end of a movie that it lingers with you yeah so our overall dime for midnight score is 4.25 out of five flamethrowers you all know probably know you've probably watched it at least once if not more train to basan is a must see um but note that the movie gets more and more emotional as it goes on this is not simply like a rip roaring one-liner gory zombie film um the impact um while the the effects are great, the impact's not going to come from the effects. You're not going to walk out of this talking about the goofiness of the characters it, and the it, gory kills. It's going to be the character development. Yep. Um, if the Academy would start creating awards by subgenre, this could could have easily been nominated. It's if, that's good. The actress that plays Suan, um, I think regardless of it being horror, she deserved an Oscar nard, nard an Oscar nod. It's that heartbreakingly convincing. I mean, yeah. Um, why, why don't we get more horror films in general? Joe Dante's practical effects, um, or yeah, yeah, a special effects for American Werewolf in London. That's the one that comes right off the top of my head, and that's forty plus years ago now. It's yeah. it's. Listen, we don't need the Academy to enjoy horror films, no. but it would help if they could get the recognition out to broader audiences. I think there's a lot of people out there that would can reconsider horror if they at least get the the idea to say, oh, who was that that was nominated? Well, I'll have to go check that out. Yeah. But anyways, um, Carrie, we noticed some sentiment online about not want, wanting to watch movies with subtitles. Yeah. Um, I do get that way with some movies. Like, I don't know if it's the way the subtitle is presented or if it's just I have to be in the mood. Um, but I will say as somebody who is picky about subtitles, um, if there was ever a movie to reconsider this notion, it's Train to Busan. I, it is one of the movies where <coughs> I forgot that I was reading subtitles. I was yeah. so into the emotion of this that the subtitles did not bother me i will tell you what does bother me personally i've tried to get into some really artsy french films hmm. 
and maybe it's the subject matter versus the actual subtitles. But anyways, if you're a huge zombie fan and you've avoided this because of the subtitle hang up, I listen, I get it, but try to get past that because if you're not watching something because of that, you at least have to watch it once, and especially Train to Busan because you're missing out if you stop yourself from watching this I, over I subtitles. Don't, I don't mind subtitles. I think I'm to me, I'm not the picky woman when it comes to watching a movie with subtitles or a show with subtitles. It probably has I don't to, mind it. Yeah, it probably has to do with my energy level sometimes. I'm, it's like it does to get me hooked. If I'm tired, it does require extra work, um, and the subtitles might dissuade you. Well, listen, um, it's intermission time, folks. Uh, we want to thank Carl Casey at Whitebad Audio um, for our next intro track, which was called Dead by Dawn. Um, please help Dying for Midnight Grow. Um, we, we'd love it. Um, it would really help out. Um, you can take our RSS feed to any of your favorite podcast platforms. Um, for our fully extended episodes, check us out on Patreon, Spotify for podcasters, and Apple. Please leave us a review if you can, and we'd appreciate your support for as little as a dollar or a cup of coffee. You can become a Dying for Midnight supporter. Also, check out our Tee Public storefront, too, via dyingformidnight.com. That's all, folks. We love you lots. Don't let the subtitles get to you. Watch that awesome foreign film. Um, up next, we are going to talk about, in segment two, horror, etc., for those listening to the fully extended episodes, <coughs> what makes horror movies on a train work, train movie rankings, the zombie subgenre, and where zombies stand in horror today. Science creates a man beyond bionics, powers him with nuclear energy, equips him with thunderbolt fists, and sends him on a mind-bending adventure in a motion picture that will stagger your imagination. Inflaman! So spectacular, you won't believe your eyes. Inframan, rated PG. Get me a body. Please. A white bigot needed a new body. A black soul brother needed time to prove his innocence. Together, they unwittingly created one of the most horrifying aspects of modern medical science. Raymond and Rosie Greer as... Help! The Thing with Two Heads. Rated PG. Okay, folks, we are back for segment two, Horror Etc. on episode seven, Train to Busan, where we're going to talk about, first, Carrie, what makes horror movies on a train work? Well, I think for me, it's the fact that you cannot get off easily, especially on a moving train. It's impossible. You're stuck. I mean... You just, it's this trap situation that you have to think long and hard how you're going to react. If you can react. Or are you doomed? <laughs> Crazy Ralph on a train. Dun, dun, dun. <coughs> I told the others not to get on this train. <laughs> Wait a second. Do they need to have a Friday the 13th on a train? <laughs> no. 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 You can't take Jason. Nope. You could take Jason to Manhattan, but you can't take him on a train. No. You certainly can't take him on a boat because that didn't work either. <laughs> um, he's on a boat. Um, what makes horror movies on a train work? So, <clears throat> one of the 
horror films of the past 10 years that I've enjoyed is actually how, yeah, which was, was a, good. which was a werewolf movie. Um, obviously by the name, how, I don't know why I had to further explain that name, but, um, I think it's the, there really is once that train starts moving, there's nowhere to go on that train. Although in that movie, they did stop the train. Well, and they stopped them on a lot of, on a lot of movies, but particularly in how, um, they did work just like in Train to Busan, not as, not as effective in my opinion as in Train to Busan, plus it's apples and oranges, but it seemed like the inside of the train, I would argue that how did a better job of making the train seem claustrophobic Mm -hmm. and more intimate. It's definitely a more intimate movie. Well, and, and you've it's got at an night. Saying it's at night. It's on like the English countryside. Um, you've got the different personalities within the train, but you've got the focus on the windows and the doors and what's outside of the train, which was an interesting take on a train movie. There was a lot happening out of that train <clears throat> that, of course, spilled into their train. And uh, the effects of the werewolves on Hal was pretty good. I especially love, and you can see that in the trailer for Hal, the woman's like yellowy slit eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, those werewolves were massive uh, yeah, in, that, were. in that movie. But back to the train itself. Um, do you remember whenever we were first movie? We were first movied. <laughs> Way back when, when I was first movied. Um, we had, when we were first married, there was the Midnight Meat Train I that we do watched remember. with Bradley Cooper. You told me, where you're like, you have to see this movie. Like, let's watch this movie. And we watched the trailer for it. I'm like, yeah, this looks pretty good. Yeah, um, it's one of those the trailer didn't do it any justice. But it, yeah. yeah, it's good. It, that is a very underrated movie. And I, that has to be one of his earliest movies. So the other one, and you liked this one more I than did. I did, was The the Girl on the Train. Yes. Um, and is that... Is that really a horror movie? Or is that more of like a mystery suspense? It's, it's a, you could argue that it's <coughs> true a crime, true crime thriller. Um, it has that psychological element that, and it, it is about a murder. So, you know, I feel like if you're going to feature a movie and the word train in your title, or it is about being on a train or a subway or whatever, um, you better have, if you're going to really boil your movie down to an enclosed setting, you better have good performances because if it is boring or if it's really in bad, but not in a so bad, it's good sort of way, you better have really interesting characters. And let me tell you, you better have eye acting skills on a train. Have what? Eye acting skills. Eye? I'm sure there's a technical term for emoting yeah. with your eyes. Um. So the personality, you have to have greatly varying um, personalities, characters. Mm-hmm. You can't have, and that's why I would not give Train to Busan a perfect five out of five. I don't think any movie's perfect, but um, it did, there were some points in Train to Busan for me where I'm like, okay, we've got, Okay, we've got the one father to be that's a hero. We've got another father that's turning into a hero. We've got the homeless guy that's a hero. We've got the baseball team that are acting like heroes. And so it 
it does become in a zombie movie, especially you've got groups of survivors and groups of selfish people and the people that never stood a chance. And I get that. And there's certain things that when you strip down a person, you've got one side saying on a train, no, this is what we should do. And the other side, that is the one common theme in the conflict in the horror train sub sub genre is conflict. And then, but regardless of the personalities you're going to go into one usually one or two buckets of groups on a train horror movie you're either going to be the group that is going to you're going to be part of the group on the train that's more accepting or trying to solve out a mystery of what's happening on this train um or trying to help others or you're going to be the other one that's going to either hide away or act more selfishly um and, and then there's so I think a good example about this whole dynamic of personalities and a mystery. Um, I mean, zombies is not a mystery. It's happening to everybody and it's out there, but like, you know, there's murder on the Orient express, mm-hmm. which is Agatha Christie. Can you talk, can you take a couple minutes to talk about yeah. that? Cause I know you, I, I, I I'm love, not familiar with that. Like I love are. Agatha Christie um, books and, with, and within relation to the train movie. <laughs> so not the history of Agatha Christie novels play. Sorry. I could go on and on about Agatha Christie. Train to Agatha Christie land. Um, if you haven't read an Agatha Christie book, do. It's like if you love a whodunit, it. if you love a whodunit, you'll love that. Do it. <laughs> the evil emperor reads Agatha. He's in this dark Just do it. It's not a Nike commercial. <laughs> <laughs> the evil emperor. It's like this this dark Sith Lord, like you've got the dark Star Wars. Movies. Oh, whenever you see the Sith Lord, he says, hold on a minute. And he opens up his drawer and there's Agatha Christie novels <laughs> in his drawer. Let me find out who did this. Yeah. Just a moment. Even an emperor needs some decompressing time. <laughs> so go on about murder on Orient Express. So a, a lot of train movies are, at the core, it's a whodunit um especially if there's a murder or it's a problem solving like it's not a whodunit if it snakes on a train <laughs> oh god it, it's a basically how are you going to survive this situation it's survival at its best some kind of person is has infected or some person is on a murder spree or there's some kind of deeper level of perception what did you see while you were on the train you know what did you really see um and then there's the dynamic of the people um you know who's good who's bad who's gray um and then you have movies you know I'm listening. Like, you know, Terror Train. Yeah, talk about Terror Train because um, have you have you actually watched Terror Train? I did. I, um, I've actually only watched that movie like twice. Member, I think remember, we watched it ever. once together. Yeah. I, it must have been like a rainy afternoon that we watched it. Um, and of course, we love Jamie Lee Curtis. 
I like Jamie Lee Curtis, but I don't know why. That one isn't like a high rewatch value for it's me. It's not. I think it's like if I'm in the mood to watch that early, late 70s, early 80s slasher, I'm almost always like I've got probably like at least a dozen other movies I would pick before Terror Train. Um, I, I love the whodunit and the slasher and the mask in mm-hmm. Terror Train. I think that your point earlier about a whodunit, I think terror train very much is in line that got the idea from the agatha christie novel yeah <clears throat> but turned it into an 80s slasher and and um there's always an unmasking there's always an unmasking or reveal on these whodunit train movies and the reason why so i want to talk about something that's not necessarily a whodunit on a train but i want to talk about a movie that i am ashamed that I did not discover except for in the past, basically five years, I think since we Mm -hmm. moved into the house we're in now past five to seven years is, um, horror express. Yeah. And I really, if you're going to talk about like a Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing movie, it's probably in my top, excuse me, top five. And you actually can find it free quite often. Like if shutter doesn't have it Tubi will have it. Um, but 1972's horror express works for me. And I'm just going to kind of flip the subject, um, not necessarily to um, more of the of the characters, um, which they have funny characters in the Horror Express. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, you know, not just Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, but Telly Savalas. Um, there's a lot of people in there that have that have done a lot of good work. Um but I, you know, and that is basically about, um, <clears throat> there's this prehistoric ape that's like parasitic. Hmm. And when I first watched this movie, I'm like, is this thing some kind of vampire? What is this? Like, is this like the, the missing link, the Yeti? Um, and so right away when they bring, this monster on board, this cargo, um, you know what the threat is. Yeah. So it's not a whodunit anymore. But uh, so what I'm going to talk about and what works for me on a train movie, I would like to see a very atmospheric train movie again, like Horror Express. Horror Express for me, it's got the really offbeat music to begin and end the the movie. Um, this is the <laughs> we've got a, a a trailer pulled up while we're talking about this, but the deaths in this and the practical effects are excellent. Um, it's actually making me want to get that, but um, the the arrow version. But um, the train. Wow, those are some really good. Yeah, really good features on the arrow DVD. Um, check that out, maybe Father's Day. Um, but let's talk about the train itself as a character. Yeah. Because it's not just the setting. When you have a train movie, it's also a character. Like if you were a character in a horror movie and you were on a train, like, okay, you have your bed chambers where you go to sleep at night, 
But like, I'm thinking about even like the old, like, okay, if you're going to Penn station, you're on the lamest train possible. Everything looks exactly the same. It's gray and blue and red colors. And you're all sitting in the same type of seats, but like, let's dial back the clock to like a 1900s, early 1900s, 1800s steam, steam locomotive in the countryside. Or I'm even thinking about like Bram Stoker's Dracula when he's on his way to the Carpathian mountains and the, the train settings, the different rooms and compartments and everything within the train has got so much atmosphere and nooks and crannies and you know and this is not a horror movie but you know what movie did really really well with that before sunset with ethan hawk you just want to talk about rom-coms again no it's not just a rom-com but it's not but no i it did it did a really good job of showing the different compartments yeah. And how I don't know if I agree it, with it did. you. It did. I just thought that their relationship was so hot I couldn't pay attention to the train, <laughs> forgive me, but that's why that movie works is that chemistry. Holy smokes, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> um love it. Now I want to watch it again. Uh, it's my it's that first one's my favorite out of all of them, just seeing them young. But anyways, quit quit messing me up, Carrie, with your <laughs> your Ethan Hawk. That's another man crush of mine. I'm fine with that. So um <laughs> So the the Horror Express, I think if you're going to have a horror movie on a train, I want somebody to create an, their own unique version of Horror Express. Like make it like almost like a Hammer film, um, but make it with the atmosphere, the nooks and crannies of the train. Like if you were a character like on a train, my I'm going to tell you right now where my favorite place would be. I'd have to find the biggest booth and sit down with like the little can the ornate candelabra and have like a huge steak meal. I would have to be chilling out wherever there was alcohol and food. On this I was train. just going to say, I would definitely be in the dining car. I would like to be first class, please put me in the dining car. Well, you know what this means now? Not only do we need a, a new train horror movie. That's like a period piece. I, I need a horror movie like on a Titanic type ship. We need Titanic. I mean, we don't need the tragedy. Of no, Titanic. we don't need Titanic. <laughs> but I'm thinking of the meme of the of the old woman at the end. It's been so long. Um, I I need like a horror movie on a ship, like an old turn of the century ship with all these different. I mean, you're talking about you're gonna have a, an 1800 slasher. You're gonna have a whodunit on a ship. Why not? Um, moving on. Probably the production. Well, you need to answer me. Where would your character be? chilling at on a steam locomotive train across across russia what did you say the, the dining cart the dining you're just sitting on the dining cart itself <laughs> <laughs> no but i would hey, be everybody <laughs> we on the dining cart <laughs> i would be in the dining car <laughs> because i would constantly want to be drinking coffee to stay awake okay <laughs> so i could read and do my deductions of who is you know, the person that's trying to kill people. And then I would get killed. So. But I would take it down first. Carrie, what what is your ultimate train movie? What's your number one? Like period train movie or horror train movie? Let's let's keep it the horror train movie. <sighs> and, then, and then give us your dish on your favorite train movie. You might have already done it. Um... <coughs> have to say that 
while I did enjoy the train to Busan, I really enjoyed the midnight me train and that it was so gritty and dark. And that ending was so, ugh, that you want to talk about a, a bleak ending. That had definitely had a bleak ending. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Detective Hadley hands the uh, schedule to the new butcher who wears a ring with the symbol of the group that feeds the creatures down there. And yeah. he becomes the new butcher, basically. Yep. That was an odd ending that I did yeah. not see coming. I was thinking, oh, yeah, this is all about this killer that yeah. kills people with this big hatchet hammer type yeah. deal. But, but <clears throat> yeah, that was, that definitely took a weird turn. Yeah. Midnight Meat Train's pretty good. Um, is that your number one horror? Horror, yeah. Horror on train. Yeah. I, I've already I've already mentioned it, folks. Horror Express is my number one horror movie on a train. I gotta give um honorable mention to Bram Stoker's Dracula nineteen ninety two, Coppola's movie. They spend a little bit of time on a train, but in those moments it's one of my favorite moments. You know, wherever he's reading the letter, um, and you see Dracula's eyes in the sky, like mixing in with the clouds. Yeah. Um Terror Train is a good one. Mm-hmm. I really did like how, and um, the girl yeah. on the train. I I did enjoy. Train to Busan is probably in my top three now. Yeah, though. It, it, it is. So, um, in terms of the zombie subgenre and where zombies stand in horror today, uh, Carrie, I am going to just start this last segment by saying that I think in twenty twenty three. I think the zombie subgenre is all but probably dead for now. I, I think it, there needs to be a little bit of a break because uh, the, the Walking Dead just has taken over. Uh, I mean, well, it did take over. I don't. I think I everything everybody that I've talked to who loved it. Um, I keep hearing people saying, yeah, the, like me, the first three seasons or like, oh, once they got to Alexandria and Negan came in, I kind of got sick of it because it became too big. Um, I mean, we're we're so invested that we stuck with it until the very end. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm excited to see the, the Rick and Michonne show. I, I'm excited for that one. I'm not. I don't know why I'm not excited for the one with Dead City. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the name of the Daryl one where he goes to the France. I'm excited You're for excited that one. You're excited for that one. Um, I don't know what it is, and I love me some Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and, and um, <coughs> I, I, the Dead City one. I mean, I'm I, having a hard time reconciling the Maggie character wanting anything to do with me. Yeah. After Glenn, I, I love, I love Lauren Cohen, and for those of you that haven't watched. And I didn't realize she was on a very popular show called Supernatural before The Walking Dead. Yeah, I remember we started binging that, like, what, this past fall, basically? Yeah, and she was excellent in that. Very excellent. So I love her as an actress, but it's just that dynamic of I can't, in any scenario, I can't get on board where her... The killer of her husband, she's just going to be reconcile that yeah it doesn't work for me but um regarding the walking dead i very much because i love the walking dead like especially i and actually season season four i got a little bored season five i was good again 
especially with porch dick whenever he ended up having to shoot porch dick she had to convince uh was it diane diana diana yeah who's diana or who's diana i De- can't remember diana. who's diana diana i remember a um yeah. abraham yeah um who's diana who's diana <laughs> and he just poof, that, that colt python he just blows him away i love the shot anytime they show the shot of rick looking down at you with the colt python <laughs> you're done for but that and so, then who do you see in the very next scene after that uh morgan 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 looks at him like ooh, Ooh. and morgan's the went the exact opposite Opposite. of where rick has lost his humanity is like i'm taking this place over now because you all people have no clue what it means to actually survive outside of these walls and there's a threat coming and you don't know how to handle it um you can't just wait out the zombie apocalypse somebody or someone negan will find you in that situation but the zombie subgenre as a whole I think it's dead in terms of new ideas that catch people's attention. I do think people have zombie fade, zombie burnout um, by anything that's new coming out right now. And I and, uh, and I could Google something and something could surprise me and say, oh, no, hey, there's something new. But it's been we've had 13 straight years now of yeah. zombie movies like The Walking Dead. And I'm just going to nitpick a little bit on on AMC the fear fest i don't need any more walking dead marathons please yeah i don't i mean i i can't remember the last time i was excited by an amc fear fest it's been probably about 15 years I, it's nice to have on in the background but every time i do that i could probably just put it on shutter anyways yeah. but um or Tubi now but um no i what i'm hearing more of is people are just going back to the classics that they love when it comes to the zombie subgenre um <coughs> Can you think of anything that would keep it ignited? I, th- I think I, it's died out already. I, I think, think it died out three years ago. I think there's a way to make some people are calling for a more comedic zombie movie. Like if you had a scenario where you had a lot of comedy mixed in with some gore, some thriller or you some mean, other you mean element. Zombie land? Not just Zombieland. Because I, I actually thought that the second Zombieland was nowhere near no. as good as the first. I'm not talking about... I was about, quite disappointed. I'm not talking about Zombieland. I'm talking about, like, there's something really out there that is, like, almost, you know, War of the Worlds-esque, where... You're losing me here with this idea. <laughs> we have to unite against, you know, these crazy aliens with, you know, some kind of comedic background of surviving with a zombie you know apocalypse like you're fighting aliens and zombies at the same time oh you're saying you're gonna take like a crossover approach to this idea yeah um (laughs) so i think it's safe to say that the zombie (laughs) subgenre needs to take a little time out for a while because when you've got fans like my lovely wife over here saying there should be aliens versus zombies I think there is somewhere, and actually with the Walking Dead comic, there is an alternate ending where, like, I think, I don't think it Rick's in space and he gets subducted by aliens. There, here, I mean, really? There is some kind of, and I'm sorry to the ultimate Walking Dead fans, I know I'm butchering what actually happened, but I know for a fact that there's an alien alternate thing out there with Walking Dead. I'm right about okay. that. Okay. You Google that, and I'm telling you I'm right. You'll see some drawings out there. 
Um, cause I remember when I came across, I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, well, you know, like Romero's original idea was that this was, this was some kind of flare from Venus or mm-hmm. something like that in the original night of the living dead, which I kind of feel like watching again, by the way. See, that's what I mean. <coughs> We're going, keep going back, back to the things that we already know we love, which tells me, in my opinion, the zombies have been defeated right now. And I think it, there's so much available in horror right now. And there's mm-hmm. so many platforms and it's so easy to get it streaming into your home now yeah. with all the apps. I mean, back that, in the day that you had to go actually physically go to the movie theater. And I, I wouldn't, and I know scream is huge again. I wouldn't say we're in the middle of a slasher resurgence either. I, I just think that where we're at is, and for a horror fan, we're at all, the ultimate access stage. Yeah. It, no matter what decade or taste or whatever, it's we're in horror excess. There is so much to choose from that it's more about the horror fan more than ever. Um, it's going to take a pause. It's It needs to take a pause, I think. I think we need to come back. I'm trying to think of maybe like the mid eighties was the last time before that it needs to take a 10 to 20 year pause. It needs to take a 20, 10 to 20 year pause. And then when our kids go off to college, they're going to say, Hey mom and dad, did you see this new zombie thing? I'm like, yeah, they do this. And we're going to be like, what? Yeah. I've never heard of that before. And that's, and it'll be something that some genius is going to think up of or some kind of twist on characters or what have you. But yeah, I think the zombie subgenre is, is officially <coughs> unofficially dead. Where do zombies stand in horror today? Um, we have gone with the walking dead where it's more about the characters and the humans than the actual zombies themselves. I and, mean, and gra- it, you can argue humans are more dangerous than the zombies. Yeah. And, and I would actually say there's this idea, there's this little thing I want to bring up, Carrie, since you're a fan of this franchise, we're starting to go to a more away from zombies and more towards an undead demonic kind of vibe right now, especially with um, the Evil Dead Rise coming out, which we're yeah. going to go see in theaters. I can't wait. So I think an undead supernatural, super, demonic supernatural is where we're at versus zombies. <laughs> I think we're starting to take a turn for, um, again, with it being character-based. Um and you had mentioned comedy, so I do think people are probably looking towards other things other than zombies right now. Yeah. The zombies probably well, overplayed right how, now. How do you get <clears throat> new horror fans introduced? What do you introduce them to? When it comes to zombies, I think you're going to have to... If I had to say, like, oh, somebody would say, uh, The Walking Dead's been around forever. I think I'm tired of hearing about zombies. Uh, well, have you ever watched a zombie movie? Well, no, not really. I mean, I find that hard to believe if you're a horror fan, but there, there's probably there somebody some out, people there. out there. There's... But I, I would have to take a little bit of everything and say, okay, well, you have to do Romero. You um, have to do um, Return of the Living Dead. You have to do um, what prop? I mean, yeah, you have to do Train to Busan now. You yeah. have to. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> um, yeah, it's time for a zombie break. Uh, I'm fine with that. Do you think, 
Because I would say the 2010s was the era of the zombies. Yes, it was. Um, but I don't, I don't feel like we're in a particular era right now. Do you? No. And you I were making a point earlier about the movie Black Phone. Was there something you wanted to say about that movie? Well, there was a supernatural element, and I think when you have things that occur where people are stuck in their houses, you have more psychological thriller slash horror films being made to play on those fears. I mean, when you have children that are at the topic of those movies, you know, that certainly in like that, what that skin, was it Skinnamarink? I mean, yeah, that feature. I, I still haven't we watched haven't, it. Yeah, watched it. But you have children in the focus of this um, that plays on a parent's fear. So you're saying, again, with the character, thing, things are more character-driven than ever. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe that's kind of cliche to even say that at this point. I mean, isn't everything driven by everything? But... Um, yeah, I mean, I would I would say where we're at right now is probably. By the way, found footage has not really ever gone away. Like I've, people are people, you love it or you hate it, but it it's here to stay. And we're gonna have some found footage episodes too. It, but it's been revitalized <coughs> in, a, in a in a way. These lo-fi internet horror stories, the creepy pasta and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, there's, I know you haven't read up on any of that. No, read I read up. You know, I'm from Western PA when I say read up. Um, yeah, we, you and I need to have a discussion about lo fi horror. <sighs> this, that trailer to Skinner Rink. <sighs> I know people, some people love it, some people hate it, but that voice comes on and says, In this house. I'm like, oh, oh God. God. Yeah. This, it does look like nightmare fuel. <laughs> it, let me tell you. I don't know that. I don't know that. This is gonna be like All Hallows Eve with you. (laughs) Well, there's, you know, now I probably could watch All Hallows Eve. Yeah. But back then, being pregnant with twins, that I was afraid that I wasn't going to make it. Um, are we on the verge of another like '80s franchise icon? Is that what we're on the verge of? Because think so. Art the Clown exploded. Um, Scream is huge again. So you've got you've got an indie small indie breakout with Art the Clown, yeah. and then excuse me, then you have Ghostface is huge again, and I know different people embody Ghostface with each movie, yeah. but it's still a horror icon after the big three, and now you've got the Crystal Lake series coming, yeah. and people are saying, okay, look, people still want a slasher, let's get going here Friday the Thirteenth, like let's get a movie going again, especially since it would be the thirteenth Friday the Thirteenth yeah. movie. Um, I can't wait to do the Friday the 13th episodes come October, but maybe we are at the start of another franchise era. Well, and then you have It, too. They, they did It. They remade It, which, listen, I'm sure a lot of people loved It. I, I Yeah. It, it just, for me. Tim just, Curry. Tim Curry is. All day. Yeah. I mean, I love Sorry. Tim Curry. Don't get me started. And, and I like Skarsgård, too. Um, but it's just different. It's different. We're yeah. we're getting older, and it's not. It's that that's back in my day. It was Tim Curry. Um, yeah. So, anyways, folks, Carrie, anything else around the horror, um, zombie subgenre or train sub sub genre sub sub? <laughs> what? 
I'm sorry. You just reminded me of like the animated Cinderella movie just now when you said sup sup. What the, you mouse, mean, the mice? Yeah. Oh my lord. Okay. We have gone from Train to Busan <laughs> to the mice. And Cinderella. And on that note. Ooh. Cinderella. Cinderella, Cinderella. Night and day, Cinderella. Ooh, what if we have a horror fairy tale? With Kristen Stewart? <laughs> no. Not her. I can't help but talk about those Huntsman movies and why I do not enjoy those. It had potential. It had good mm, potential. Good intentions. Good intentions. The road to hell. <laughs> what? Okay. You know what I want to see? Okay, I let's actually... hear your fan fiction idea. I know, and this is not... Beauty and the Beast no. rated R. <laughs> but, you know, they did the Pooh movie, so why not? Yeah, it was, it was called... It was called Blood and Honey, isn't it called, or something like no, that? No, you know what the Pooh movie was called? Human Centipede. <laughs> no, never. You want to talk about one you won't watch? Yes, never. Human Centipede. You said the Pooh movie. That's a Pooh movie. It's a different type of Pooh movie. God, no. So, yeah, Pooh, Pooh Blood and Honey. Which has gotten a lot of mixed reviews, actually. Yeah, I want to watch it. So where are you going with your fan fiction idea? So let's have... A fairy tale horror movie that's kind of like maybe the good people really are bad and they attack um, would be <laughs> villagers um, villagers go missing stop stop storyboarding <laughs> and you don't know what's going on and who really it is and you you know by day they're like, you know, picture perfect, nice, and then by night they are evil. I don't know what to say to any of that right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you scared? <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared of you rambling on about this idea. <laughs> so, anyways. I think I think that is a area I, I, right for the picking. <laughs> I'm calling it. Fantasy um, storybook horror. Yep. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. You know what we need is actually in terms of storybook horror. We do need something along the lines of Hansel and Gretel and mm. the three. <laughs> the cocaine bear and Goldilocks. <laughs> They're going to do a prequel to cocaine bear. Oh my and God. it's But it's going to be like opium because it's like the 1800s. Uh. Opium bear, Goldilocks and the opium bear. Oh my God. Please make it happen. <laughs> no, no, there I'm, needs to be a meme for the opium bear. I'm, I'm <laughs> over the opium den. I'm over the whole Hansel and Gretel thing. <laughs> Goldilocks was riding the green dragon. By, by the way, this is a story. Somebody's smoking my. This Go is ahead. a personal story. So, <laughs> my parents, for some reason, thought it was okay to take us to visit a place where children went disappearing real life where there was supposedly a witch don't ask me i can't remember i'm gonna advise you to save that for another segment i can't remember where i have to yeah okay so that was your unintended teaser yes to the place where the witch dwelt and children went missing 
Yes. And oh, I've got my own experiences with Bloody Mary and and her location and her gravesite of where I actually grew up. And those woods were freaky. Yep, same for my experience. Okay, so let's save that for another segment. We love you, gang. Thank you for sticking with us as we talk Train to Busan, the horror zombie subgenre. A little bit of Cinderella mixed in there. Um, Carrie's whiteboarding ideas. (laughs) And yeah, we love you. Thank you so much. Hope you guys are having a great end to the winter. End winter. Die winter. Die. Just go away. Just go away. Nobody likes you winter. Love you, gang. Bye.